Uh, disclaimer, uh, if, if I do let you down, throw your objects at Stephen. This is his fault, uh, not mine. Um, but yeah, my name is Josh. I'm on staff at Campus RH. I've been doing this for seven years. Um, it is what I love, uh, so I'm thankful um, uh, to be up here. And actually, I really am excited. I'm a ner- little nervous, you know. Everyone's a little nervous the first time doing something like this. But also, I'm really excited because it's been a really cool journey to kind of look at and see how a dude like Jonah and the Christmas story kind of collide. And you're probably going, how does that work? Well, we'll talk about it. Um, but just to give a quick review, um, last week Stephen introduced Jonah and, and his kind of how his story is happening. Um, so Jonah is called by God himself. Like God comes to Jonah and says, hey, I want you to go to Nineveh, kind of at that time like the, the, the dominating city of the world. And he's like, go tell them about their evil. Go call them out of their evil. Um, and when he heard it, that dude split the other way. We got a little graphic. Stephen showed it last week. If we can, like, if you can just tell, like, I'm, my man is going as far and as, like, I think this is like the known world at that point. So literally, he's going to the edge of the world. Like, what do I got to do to get away? Um, so he hops on a boat, opposite direction. Now, if this is me, I was thinking about this. I was like, if this is me, I'm probably not going to get on a boat to run away from God. Because let's be honest, your options at that point are very limited from getting away from God, you know? Um, and so I'm probably not going to run from God on a boat if it's just me. But uh, Jonah, so they get to, he gets on the boat, they're, they're heading over, he falls asleep because he's like, I don't really care what happens, I'm just going to go to sleep. The sea gets a little lively, God's like, hey, you're going to listen to me. Jonah wakes up, he realizes what's going on, and after some discussion with the crew, he basically is like, look, throw me overboard, it's my fault. You know, it, everything will calm down for you. And they throw him over, and the winds cease. The waves cease. Um, so that brings us to where Stephen left off last week and where we're going to pick up this week, a drowning Jonah. Jonah is in the water. He's drowning. Um, and then we're going to pick up here uh, with verse 17. So verse 17, uh, it says, and the, Lord appointed Jonah, and, and the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah, And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. So my man is drowning. And then God's idea of saving Jonah is getting eaten by a fish. All right? So chapter 2, Jonah's in the belly of a fish, right? Here we go. Um, From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, in my distress, I called out to the Lord and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help. And you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. And I said, I have been banished from your sight. Yet I will again look toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God, God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded Jonah, or the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. 
So, as I looked at these verses uh, over the past couple of weeks, Stephen and I kind of went back and forth because I'm like, in verse 1, it says that from the belly of the fish, Jonah prays. And so I'm like, all right, so he's in the fish and he prays these prayers. But then as I'm thinking about it and I'm looking at it, what we actually see is I think Jonah's actually, he's in the water, he's drowning. And we see that. I think that's because in his distress, he calls out. It says, verse 3, you hurled me in the deeps. Uh, the currents swirled about me. This is the water, this is the ocean. Uh, all the waves are sweeping over me, uh, engulfed in waters, seaweeds wrapped around his head. I've been surfing. Sometimes, you, you, you know, the seaweed comes in. It's a, it's a mess. It's kind of nasty. It makes me kind of like squirm a little bit. Um, so I'm like, I'm probably not in a fish if I'm wrapped up in seaweed. Um, and then it says, verse 6, to the roots of the mountains I sank down. So like the bottom of the ocean where the mountains uh, are created um, is where he's sinking um, and then I think verse 8 and 9 is where he's actually, he's, he's reflecting on all those things. And then this is, verse 8 and 9 is his kind of like rejoicing of the Lord. And so, when you look at this, when you look at this passage, we realize that sometimes we're in a pit. Sometimes life throws us in a pit or we wind up there, right? Whether that's by our own choosing, something we've done like Jonah. We choose something and then we end up in, in this miserable place. Or by our own, like, just life circumstances get us to that place. Um, and I get this, this pit idea from verse 6 where he says, you brought my life up from the pit. Um, and so the belly of the fish, the depths of the ocean, the pit, those are all synonymous. Um, and I want to share a quick story just to kind of kick us off of a student who um, is a dear friend of mine, I love him very dearly, um, who was in a pit this summer. Um, everything in his life uh, was kind of falling apart. He was playing a sport, got injured, and so the thing that he was there this summer to do, he couldn't do anymore. Um, he, lent, he, went, he went to drugs. Those drugs really hurt him, uh, both, both physically and mentally. Uh, um, his relationships with his family were strained um, really hard. He couldn't sleep for days. Um, and it made me think, like, I, I asked all these questions, I'm like, about myself and even for you guys, like, is this you? You know, is this your story? Is it worse than that? Um, is it not as bad, but you still, uh, in some situation, can you, can you relate? Do you guys feel uh, like life isn't easy or everything is kind of going against you? Uh, maybe you've lost your job. I'm not a or your marriage. Just, just isn't lost your job. Um, or you can't find one. Um, your relationship or your marriage just, just isn't working the way that you think it should. Um, maybe you've made some bad decisions financially or just in life that have got you in a, in a tough place. Um, maybe you're trying to fit in somewhere. Like I know that like with college students, like you're, you're trying to measure up, you're trying to fit in with people around you or you're trying to like go with the flow and, and you know, fit in. And you're just not measuring up or it just doesn't, it doesn't fulfill. Maybe grades are your thing, you know? Maybe you're just trying to make the grade or you made a bad grade in that class and it's just like ruins you and you're like, all right, I got to work so much harder to get back. Like you're just in these ruts. Um, or maybe your walk with God just isn't there. Maybe you don't have a walk with God. Maybe, you, um, maybe it's just rough. Maybe you feel like that God doesn't care or that he's not really listening. Um, that was me this week. So like three weeks ago, yo, life was good. I was living it. I was loving. I was smiling. I got a new girl. Everything was good, right? Right? Like it was good. But then it's like this week, this week, I'm not lying. I talked to Stephen about this last night. Like the past three days have been awful. Awful. Like, I've been so frustrated. Like, all these things are going to get... So it's like, good, 
and bad. Like, this is me this week. All those things that I'm talking about you guys about are me this week. Um, and I would even, like, I would even point out that maybe you're not there. Maybe you were like me, like, three weeks ago, where life is just good. I like to say Gucci. Um, so maybe life is Gucci for you. You can use that. You older people, you can use that. Um, uh, but maybe it's good. And I think that's amazing. That's awesome. I want to say, like, that's awesome. Like, that's a good place to be. But if we're honest, we've all been there. Whether it was this week or a month ago or a year, for, a year ago, if we reflect over the course of our life, we've all been there. We've all been in these difficult or pit-like situations, and probably many times. Um, and what I think, I think this, uh, we've all been, I think this passage speaks to not how to get out, but to get through it. So I hope you hear that. This passage is speaking to how to get through the pit, how to get through the hard stuff, not get out of it. Because if your response is just, all right, Josh, tell me what I got to do. The get-rich-quick schemes, like the, you know, like, you know, difficult things for dummies, I don't know, whatever those books are. But it's like, if that's all your thing is, you're looking at God as your genie. Like, you're missing the whole point of who God is. That's not who he is. Um, And so Jonah runs from God, and his life falls apart. So when we run away from God, when we do it our way, we do it against him or whatever, we tend to find ourselves in trouble um, or distress. And what I think matters the most in all of this, and I think Jonah really shows this if you, as you walk through the passage, what I think matters the most is how do we respond in the pit? How do we respond? And so we got to cry out to God. It starts with crying out to God. Um, Jonah cries out in the pit. Um, for this help and for this rescue. Um, and I think we should do that. But the big question is like, all right, how? Practically, I'm a practical guy. I'm like, all right, what do I have to do to make this thing happen? How do I, what do I do to cry out to God? How do I make this thing work? And before I answer that question, I think something that's, as I look through this passage, like something very, very interesting to point out. Um, in all, if, you, if you read chapter one and go back and read chapter one, everyone in the book of Jonah so far obeys God. Everyone, except Jonah. The fishermen cry out to God and say, what should we do? God, like, hey, God tells us to toss him. We toss him over the boat. Uh, the wind and the waves, they obey God. The fish obeys God. Jonah's the one thing who is not obeying God. Um, so how do we respond? Well, here's three steps um, to meet God in your... The first... Three helpful, hopefully helpful steps to help you meet God where you are in your pit. The first thing is you have to see your sin. You have to see sin. Um, Jonah knew that he had done wrong. He knew it. Like he was sitting on the boat and he's like, all right, chapter 1, um, verse 12. He said, he said to them, pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. He's like, I got it. It's my fault. Okay. I see it. But the initial response of Jonah, the initial thing that he does, is he literally chooses death over following God. Like, he's like, I don't want to do that so bad that I would rather die than walk with you, God, because that is worse. And so in his death, in his pit, as he's sinking, in his distress, I think he realizes and he surrenders to God. In his distress, he surrendered to God. Um, so it doesn't matter if tough circumstances got you where you are 
or you put yourself there. We have to see our sin. It starts there. We have to see within us. Um, we have to look for and surrender that to God. Um, we've all sinned, all of us. So examine your own heart. Examine your life uh, for the ways that you've sinned against God. And some of you might be like, hold up, Josh. I didn't do, what I, I didn't do anything. I didn't sin to be in the situation I'm in. And I would say that maybe you're right. Sometimes it's, it is our fault. Sometimes it's our fault. And sometimes, like, it's just what, of what something somebody else has done to us. And it's put us there, right? But all I'm asking is that you would just look to see the sin within you. Look to see if that's in you. The second thing is you got to confess. Confess your sin. He confesses in, in, uh, in, in chapter, or excuse me, chapter 2, verse 1. He says, I called out to the Lord out of my distress. This is a confession. This is like, hey, I'm coming back. I'm calling out to God. He's calling out in his weakness and his helplessness. He's confessing where he is. And I think this is key because the problem is, is what sin does is we were, we were made to be right with God. And what sin does is it creates this separation. Sin separates us from God. And so Jonah is separated from God. And so seeing your sin, sight and confession of sin, rebinds the intimacy with God that was broken, that, was, that sin severed to begin with. All right? So sight and confession rebind. Um, and you might be like, yeah, yeah, like, I know. Like, we're in church. Everyone's heard, like, sin, you know, confess and repent and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, we've heard that stuff before. And I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, but I think there is one. That, that stuff is so, so key. And I think that's the depths of our heart. But then there's actually one other piece that Jonah, that Jonah shows here that I think is so crucial to this whole thing. And that's, the, that's his last thing is remember and believing God's promises. Like, I think all of this hinges on that right there. Jonah's deliverance hinges on remembering and believing God's promises. And so in verse 4, if we can pull that up, verse 4, he says, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. In the midst of his distress, in the midst of his crying out to God, Jonah has this wherewithal. Like, I'm like, I'm not so sure I could do this, but he has this moment of, like, I think clarity. And he looks back, and what I love is this thing right here, even though Jonah didn't have this, right? This is full of promises. And he thinks back to a promise that he had heard growing up. And this is actually a reference, if you have cross-references in your Bible, this is actually a reference back to um, 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. And so this says, And when a prayer or plea is made by anyone among your people Israel, being aware of the afflictions of their own hearts, and spreading out their hands toward this temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place. Forgive and act. Deal with everyone according to all they do, Excuse me. since you know their hearts, for you alone know every human heart. Jonah, in his moment of clarity and understanding, he cries out to God because he knows, he knows that he will see the temple of the Lord again, and he knows that if he makes this plea right here, he says, if anyone please... And is, are they aware of their afflictions? They've seen their sin. They're confessing their sin. Then God will forgive and act. So that's like it's a precursor. So sight and confession are precursors. And then he remembers this promise. And he knows that God is going to deliver. That God is going to help. That God is going to rescue. And so, and that God will forgive and act. And so there's a, we got a short video clip of, of, a, of, a, of a movie that I love. Um, and I hope everyone in here has seen, I am going to be disappointed if you haven't, um, 
but uh, I hope everyone's seen this movie. It's a, I don't have to give it. It all makes sense. Um, but I think it actually speaks really clearly um, into what and how, to, and how to remember. So could we play that? That dude's voice is amazing. <laughs> remember. Like, if that doesn't help you remember, like, Simba, dude takes off. He's ready to go. Ready to go, right? But no, I think what's amazing about that is, like, like Simba has to be reminded of these, this promise of who he is and that, that he can live into that. Like, that is offered to him if he remembers. And so remembering who you are, even like when you're in the pit, like, remembering if... If you are a Christian, you are a child of the king. Like, you are Simba. You have, the, the throne is yours. Like, you get to step into that and, like, go and claim. Like, all the benefits of that are yours. You are a son and daughter of the king. Um, and so, I think another example of this is in Jeremiah 29.11. And I think most, a lot of people know this verse is quoted often. Um, but Jeremiah 29.11, I actually love 12, 13, and 14 more than I love verse 11, because I think it speaks to verse 11 more. Um, but this is another example of a promise that we need, that we can remember um, when we're in these situations. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope, give you hope in a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Verse 14, I love this. And I will be found by you, declares the Lord. God knew the plans he had for Jonah, and Jonah ran. Good plans. Plans to prosper him, plans to give him. Like this dude was going to go preach to Nineveh, right? Um, but he ran. But when we humble ourselves, when Jonah humbled himself and really sought after God with his whole heart, he found God, and God met him. And I think this promise, this verse, if we can go back to the verse, this verse right here actually speaks very, very clearly to who, to us. I don't care if you're a Christian or a non-Christian. This is God speaking to you, saying, hey, these are the things I know. I've got good things for you. I don't care where you are on your spiritual journey. i got good things for you. Believe that and then call on me. Like, think back. Remember this promise. Call on me. Pray to me and I will listen to you. Remember that I will listen to you. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. So part of me is like, if you haven't, if you haven't found God, seek him with all of your heart. I don't know what that means. Figure that out for yourself. What are you holding on to? Like, seek God with all your heart and I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And when I think like, when you know, seek me and find me with all your heart, that has surrender, confession, and belief written all over it. 
All the things we're talking about is written all over that. And so when we're in a pit, we've got to remember the promises of God. We have to. And so if you don't know any, well, here's a couple right here. Like here's the King's verse um, and Jeremiah. Right here's, here's verses that you can kind of look to and say, okay, God, help me believe this. Help me to remember this. Um, and what I love is time after time after time in the scriptures, God, um, God does this. People sin uh, out to God. They remember his promises, and God comes in and he saves the day. He rescues. Um, and I hope you're not missing it. This is salvation. This is what salvation looks like. And what's, I shared that, the beginning of that story of a student at the beginning, and I think that what I love is this is exactly what happened to that student. God met him in the pit, and he called out, and he remembered who his father was, and that he was loved by his father. And, his, like, like, and it's so funny, like, he loves, like he, he refers to God as his father so much now because he's remembered who God is and who he is as a son, and he was rescued. Um, so I think the last thing we see in this is um, God rescues Jonah. God rescues Jonah from the pit. And so Jonah's drowning. We've seen that. He's sinking. He cries out. And God saves him with a fish. And so it's amazing to me. Like, he goes from one pit, the pit of the sea, to the pit of a fish. Like, that's not, that doesn't sound like great rescue to me. I'm not, like, I'm not thrilled about that. I don't know about you guys, but it doesn't get me excited. Um, but God meets him, and he saves him. But he doesn't deliver him right away. Like the thing that we think of deliverance, God doesn't deliver him right away. And so sometimes getting out of the pit, I, we're talking about this in our life group this week. Like we're talking about forgiveness actually, but it just, I think it relates. Like it's a process. Sometimes getting out of the pit is a process. And it can take a long time. And that's, that sucks. Um, but that's why seeing your sin, confessing it, remembering it and believing the promises are necessary to getting through it, not getting out getting through it. And what's amazing in this whole process, and in the waiting, what does Jonah do? Jonah worships God in the pit. Before he's rescued, before he's really delivered, he worships. And we see that, like, I'm, think, I, like, I'm just imagining this, I was sitting there this week, and I'm just like, dude's raising his hands in the belly of a, a, belly of a fish under the water. I'm like, that makes no sense to me. Like, but that's what he's doing. And if it, verse 9, we see this really clearly. He says, but I, with the voice of thanksgiving, that's worship. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Jonah doesn't care. Jonah doesn't care that he's in the pit anymore. He stopped worrying about it. He's just worshiping. He's just enjoying God for who he is. Because that's all that matters. I, I, literally, this, I felt this week, like Thursday and Friday especially, like it was, I, I mean, I, I literally, this, I was like, so, like kind of mad at God a little bit, to be honest with you. Um, it was like all these bad things were happening. I'm like, all right, what are you going to do, Josh? You're going to believe the promise or are you going to get pissed and run, like be mad at God? And it was like I had this decision to make, and I'm like, all right, God, I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight to trust you. And I'm like, I don't know if I did it perfectly, but I've been trying. Um, and I think what's amazing is sometimes you just walk with God. You get right with God before your circumstances change. And when you see your sin, you confess it and remember the promises, then, then you will worship God in the pit. 
If you do those things and you really believe and trust, then you will worship God in the pit. And I think that's what we want. That's what God wants from us. Um, and all, I'll, this is the craziest thing to me. Last verse. Then all God has to do is speak. All this stuff has happened, and then God, all he has to do is speak to the fish. Boom. Out comes Jonah onto the, onto the shore. And you get, you know what? Like, this dude, I'm just, I was sitting there thinking about it. Like, I've heard, a, a friend of mine is a Navy SEAL, or he's trained to be a Navy SEAL. And I, I've heard that, like, when you, you sit in the water so long that your, your skin becomes, like, white and, like, goo. Like, it almost kind of, like, peels off. It's kind of nasty. Like, this dude is, imagine, Jonah's been in the ocean, in, well, in the ocean in the belly of a, a fish for three days. Like, this dude is disgusting. Like, he's, he's not pretty. He's not got his suit on. He's not strolling out the thing like, all right, I'm ready to go to Nineveh. Like, he's covered in vomit. He's pruny. He's nasty. All, all kind of mess. But this is what I love. Your life might still be a mess when you, when you're, as you're coming out of the pit, like Jonah. But at this point, you're connected to the king. And that changes everything. So in September, I was in a pit again. Um, everything that could go wrong was going wrong for me. Everything. Uh, job relationships were terrible, family, everything. Some of it was a result of my sin. I mean, it really was. I mean, Stephen and I had conversations about it. And some of it wasn't. But I hated, I hated where I was. I was so mad. Um, And for some reason, around October, I began to see my sin. I was repenting. I was trying to trust God and try to believe those promises that I'm talking to you guys about. And you know what happened? Absolutely nothing. Not a thing. Uh, my circumstances didn't change. Nothing changed. Everything stayed the same. But what was amazing was I think my heart changed. Like God, had draw, God was drawing me out of the pit because of, because of that, because of me trying and crying out to him. And I, I mean, I really did. I received some peace. I mean, I was, I was really peaceful. And what was true for me in October was the same. It was true for me as I prepared for this this week. Um, and I'm, I was thankful. I was really thankful and hopeful that if I continue to remember and believe the promises of God, all of my life, it's an ebb, ebb and flow, but if I continue to remember and believe those promises, um, then I have peace even when I'm still in the pit. I have peace even if I'm still there. Um, and so the pits in life, they're just opportunities to connect and journey with God, honestly. Um, and this is how my heart changed, honestly. Um, and so I think this is why God allowed this to happen to Jonah. So that, we, so that Jonah would cry out, that Jonah, um, that God would meet with him, that he could meet God. Um, and I think also so that we could see a guy who has gone deeper than any of us have ever gone. And that God can bring him back. And if he can bring him back, then he's got us. Like he can save us. Um, so we see that Life throws us in the pit sometimes. And like Jonah, we got to cry out to God. Um, and God rescues him when he does that. But how do we know that he'll rescue us? Like, yeah, Josh, all that stuff sounds really, really good, but I've been there before and I didn't feel like he rescued me. How do I know? We know because of Christmas. And you might be asking yourself, self, what does it have to do with Christmas? Well, I'm glad you asked yourself that. Um, no, Christmas proves that God will rescue us. It proves it. Um, it proves it because the God uh, that we talk about came into the pit as Jesus to be with us. He came into the pit with us. 
Um, this is why we look at this during Christmas. I mean, how many of you, I mean, well, what other God do you know of that was born in a barn with some animals? I don't know any. Um, it's pretty pit-like to me. And then I would even say, not, many, not sure many of us have been born in any barns lately. I don't know, maybe. But not, not, very, not very many, right? Um, and I love, I mean, Chad kind of stole it from me. So, you know, going back to Philippians 2, uh, 6-9, this is Jesus. I love this verse. It's talking about Jesus. It says, Jesus, who was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. He was obedient and came into the pit. Jonah was disobedient and went to the pit. And we saw obedient, or Jesus' obedience to God brought him into the pit. He came into the pit with us. And we celebrate that because the God who saves us comes into the world, into the pit, to save and redeem us. So just like Jonah spent three days in the fish, um, Jesus spent three days in the tomb. Jonah, his coming out meant salvation for him. God had saved him, God had delivered him. Jonah's coming out of the fish meant that. Jesus' coming out of the tomb means salvation for the world. Salvation for you and me. Jesus' coming out of the tomb means salvation for all of us. Um, And so if you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, or you are, I think the message is the same. It doesn't matter. you got to know that Jesus came to give you life, eternal life. Um, And if you see your sin, I keep saying it over and over, you're probably tired of hearing it by now. If you see your sin, humble yourself and confess it. And believe and receive those promises of God. That Jesus has already given you life. You are clothed. You are a son or a daughter of the king. You are protected. You are given the, like the, 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 the king's ring. Like you are part of the family. You are covered in his righteousness. And, you're, and that's deliverance and peace. And so one more promise for you guys um, as we close. Uh, he promises that he will be with you always. Matthew 28, 20. Um, always. Surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Always he will be with you. Um, And I love that because it doesn't matter if you're in the pit or on top of a mountain. He's there. Um, So as I pray, is there any sin that you guys, that you got to think of like Jesus has put on your heart? Is there anything that God has put on your heart that Jesus is saying you need to confess, you need to let go of? Uh, What are the areas in your life that you're running from God? Um, And what promises do you need to believe Uh, to let go of that sin and really walk with God. Uh, Let's pray. Jesus, uh, thank you for coming to us. That Jonah is just a picture, but you are the realness of of this whole thing. Like Jonah came out of the pit and he was saved, but you came out of the pit and we are saved. Jesus, I pray that we would look to you, that we would trust in you, that we would find our strength and our hope in you and in your promises. Uh, So Father, um, as we commune with you, Uh, Speak to us in our hearts, Um, we pray. Amen.